Hello, this is FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ahmad Khan of CNET. Along with the Overwatch League, the Call of Duty League is back to in-person events. This past weekend saw the Seattle Surge take the Major 3 in Toronto from former Cold War champs Atlanta Faze in a 5-3 set. Joining me to talk Major 3 is Dot Esports' associate editor and co-host of the Ego Chow podcast, Preston Byers. Preston, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, Preston, going into the tournament, the Surge were not the top seed. It was actually the Minnesota Rocker. Explain the current competitive standings for Call of Duty League this season. It's been a little bit up and down, as Call of Duty Esports tends to be. Uh, The Seattle Surge have been a middle-of-the-road team. Uh, They looked like one of the better teams in the league in the preseason, but they haven't really uh, lived up to uh, that expectation until this major um coming into the major uh they were not even seen as a real contender um like you said minnesota they were undefeated in the past set of qualifying matches atlanta phase has been one of the best teams in the world uh, since the inception of the call of duty league and optic texas who won the first major and are currently playing with the substitute uh they look to be one of the better teams as well uh but seattle they they played excellent the entire weekend um, and they really proved that uh, they are at least in the final quarter of the season that we're heading into they should be a contender for the world championship in post-game interviews what did the surge say was kind of their i don't know magic that helped them excel at this tournament was it a coaching strategy was it just being in the right mindset i think uh personally that Their turnaround has been related to control, which is Mm -hmm. um, obviously it's actually the least important uh, game mode of the three in Call of Duty esports. But actually, could you explain control really quick to our listeners? Yeah. So control is essentially there are two points on the map, usually on the opposite sides of the map. And uh, there's an offensive and a defensive team. Mm -hmm. The offensive team, they're trying to stay in the the control point to um, essentially, like, get all of the ticks. There are, like, four or five ticks. They try to get every one of them. And then they try to do the same on the other control point. And uh, it's kind of a – it's a very much of a defensive game mode, which Mm -hmm. usually lends to the defense winning two rounds, uh, uh, both teams. And then uh, it usually goes to round five but seattle has been incredible at control lately uh heading into this major uh they had only lost one round of control um recently so they were basically wiping teams off the map uh so they're a very good control team and that is a swing game mode because they're not uh especially dominant in hard point which is you know uh you know game or Uh, A hard point is one part of the map, and it keeps rotating every 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. Search and destroy is uh, essentially what Counter-Strike is. You know, you have a bomb uh, site, you plant the bomb, or you defend uh, in that way. Uh, Mm -hmm. But they're not particularly good at either of those um, game modes, but they're excellent at control. They were nine and one in control uh, in this uh, since the the midseason break, which is uh, the best of any team. You know, when it comes to control specifically, was the surge excelling both on the offensive and the defensive, or were they just getting the coin flip on the defensive? No, they've been excellent uh, in in every facet of it. I'm not sure what the 
the reason for this turnaround or why they're doing so well. Because we saw in the first half of the season, Optic Texas, who won the first major of the season, they were great at control, and that was something that they dominated in. Uh, they've kind of fallen off a little bit since they've had to make a roster change due to injury, but the Seattle Surge have kind of picked that mantle up, and they've been able to run with it. Mm-hmm. And Call of Duty as an eSport, is it a game in which 1v1 firefights can make or break the game, or is it really more team-based? I would say there is a lot of emphasis on the 1v1 aspect mm-hmm. of it because uh, having good gun skill, having uh, an advantage in gunfights is definitely important, but playing around your team is is probably the most important thing because Seattle, uh, they don't have any players that were expected to be one of the best in the world. Um, like Atlanta Faze, uh, they have uh, the reigning uh, most valuable player of the league, Simp, and uh, they were able to beat FaZe, and they beat them twice during this event. So mm-hmm. uh, it's really turned out to be a team game. It's it's a little inconsistent at times, but Seattle, they play uh, very well as a team. Mm-hmm. Do you think that FaZe was then trying to lean too hard into its top stars, its top players in the 1v1s, and hoping that that would help eke out a victory instead of focusing more on the team aspect? Um, maybe. I, I think that's a, a possibility. Atlanta has... Uh, been a little up and down at least compared to last year where they just ran through everybody and won the world championship Uh, but they've been able to qualify for the uh, each of the three major grand finals which is no small feat and that's really the reason that they're uh, atop the call of duty league standing so far Um, but they've really struggled with seattle and optic texas those two teams have accounted for seven of atlanta's nine losses this season which um, you know, speaks to how well uh, both of those teams play in every game mode and how well they match up against Atlanta. Mm. You know, it seems that both of those teams are essentially creating strategies to counter the most dominant team in the league, which makes sense, right? I mean, whether it mm-hmm. be basketball, baseball, you know, if there's one team that's dominating, all, all coaches are going to be gunning for that. Do you think FaZe still has a chance to, you know, take the finals later this year? Oh, of course. They have... Um, you know, probably the most talented roster in the league, uh, maybe the second best if uh, if Optic is able to get their complete starting lineup out there. Uh, but yeah, Atlanta they they made the grand finals of the first Call of Duty World Ch- or the the CDL Championship in 2020. Last year they won the CDL Championship and they're in first place now. Even though they haven't been able to uh, win the, any of these three majors, uh, I still think that they're probably the second or third best team on any given day. So they definitely have a shot to win. Mm. And now I kind of want to um, maybe broaden the conversation a bit and uh, pull Mm -hmm. the curtain back and let's talk about the health of the Call of Duty League. Since the pandemic, we've had a new shooter come onto the scene with Valorant. Overwatch 2 is currently going through its um, competitive season at the moment. In your opinion, how is the Call of Duty esports scene at the moment, given all the troubles with Activision Blizzard, given the dominance of Warzone as a game mode with fans? What is your take? Um, it's a difficult answer, uh, uh, a difficult question to answer, excuse me, because mm-hmm. Call of Duty um, is not built for the competitive scene 
as its main component. Uh, Valorant, like you mentioned, that's that's a competitive game that Riot Games has completely focused, you know, its energy into making a competitive environment. Um, Same with Counter-Strike, same with League of Legends. And I would even say the Overwatch and Overwatch 2 are more, um, you know, more focused on competitive than Call of Duty is because Call of Duty is, you know, for casual players mostly. um, And, you know, Warzone has taken a lot of uh, competitive players. So former uh, pro players have really done well in uh, Warzone streaming, like TP, uh, who mm-hmm. was a Call of Duty World Champion, and he's now one of the biggest streamers in Warzone. Um, we've seen that, and uh, I think that all things considered, the Call of Duty League is in a relatively good spot, I guess. Um, it's hard to say. Uh, we did uh, see a report recently that uh, CDL teams owe. Uh, on average, more than $20 million per team uh, for their franchising fees, mm-hmm. which have been deferred for uh, basically two years, uh, probably going to be three years because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, the the league has a streaming uh, deal with YouTube Gaming, uh, which um, personally I think limits the number of people who are going to watch because Twitch is the main base for, for competitive gaming, for esports. Uh, so it's very difficult to... Uh, branch out um and call of duty doesn't really have as many big personalities and popular players as they did five years ago uh nade shot the ceo of 100 thieves was the most popular player uh in call of duty esports and he has since retired obviously uh skump who is the biggest player the most popular player uh he currently plays for optic texas but i don't think that um, you know, he's kind of hinted at retirement or, you know, just considering it, I guess, in the next uh, couple of years because he's one of the older players. But um, I think, you know, it's the CDL has to do whatever they they need to. I, I, I don't really know if there's an answer of how you build up a, an esports, um, you know, fan base. And, um, you know, it's it was not that big to begin with. And I don't think it's gotten much smaller, but um it's it's a very difficult question to, uh, to answer, to be honest. I, I don't know how to really rate the CDL and the Call of Duty esports space because there have been so many changes due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm. Well, you know, one metric that a lot of people do look at is viewership numbers. I mean, mm-hmm. what were viewership numbers this past weekend? Uh, they haven't come out yet. Uh, so the stage one major uh, was the biggest event um, for the Call of Duty League uh, since um, last year. So uh, the CDL Championship 2021, that had uh, nearly 240,000 peak viewers. Uh, the first major of this season had over a 150,000, which uh, is very much linked to the success of Optic Texas. Optic, uh, who Skump plays for, uh, who Nadeshot formerly played for, um, a lot of uh, fans, uh, fans, I would say the majority of fans in to optic, um, either if they got into, uh, COD esports because of optic or they currently support them. Uh, so, uh, that in optic won that major wh- where there were, uh, more than 150,000 viewers, um, stage two mm-hmm. major, uh, didn't even crack a hundred thousand. I-, I would say there were probably fewer, uh, or, maybe around the same peak viewers, but we don't have the official numbers yet, but Optic didn't make the grand finals, which would have probably boosted the viewers, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Based on kind of YouTube metrics, which is uh, you know, not the entire full picture, 
uh, from what I'm reading online, the viewership was anywhere between forty-five to fifty-five thousand. And when you put in some co-streams, maybe fifty-six thousand. And yeah, you know, compared to um, Major Two, especially when Optic was playing, it's uh, it, def it definitely does not bode well. But again, these numbers are still somewhat anecdotal. Yeah, it's. Um I'm going off of esports charts uh, because YouTube viewership is uh, kind of all over the place, right? And it's it's hard to actually uh, determine what is actually gaining uh, momentum uh, and, and gaining viewership. But I think for the Call of Duty League's sake, they need Optic to do well um, as the most popular team. Most people are going to be tuning in to watch them. Uh, that you know the the Call of Duty League has a lot of newer teams. Uh, the Minnesota Rocker have done an incredible job of trying to gather local uh, support in the Minnesota and now Chicago. Now that there isn't a Chicago franchise, so mm -hmm. in the Midwest they're really trying. Um, a lot of other teams are attempting to gain local support, but uh, you know franchising in esports is is very new uh we're just seeing in the last couple of years how many leagues are uh you know tying franchises to specific cities or areas uh, so it's very hard for those teams to gain support on the ground um and it's going to take a while i think for uh, many of these uh, cdl teams to uh to find that support and and we just saw um, the Paris Legion, who are the worst team in the Call of Duty League currently. They announced that they're moving uh, from Paris to Las Vegas next mm. year. Um, and they have an Overwatch team that they're also doing that with. Um, so uh, it's going to be – I think that's a that's a good thing for, for the Legion because, um, you know, there probably wasn't going to be a, a, a LAN event in Paris. They were, it's more likely that it's going to be in Las Vegas uh, than Paris, and there probably weren't going to be many fans in Paris for the Legion considering they had no French players. So it's, mm -hmm. it's very difficult for those teams to gain fan bases in their cities. Yeah, and it seems that – Activision Blizzard has kind of gone back and forth on how exactly it wants to do this franchise model. For example, with Overwatch League, uh, Activision Blizzard did not allow teams to use pre-existing esports brands, so they had to essentially create new brands, but with Call of Duty League, they allowed Optic and FaZe to stay. So it seems that there's a bit of uncertainty in that Activision Blizzard's kind of vision is ha has had to morph towards the more economic realities of current popularity and what and name recognition yeah it's it's definitely a thing that uh, activision blizzard is bending um bending their rules around because mm -hmm. like you mentioned phase optic also uh, 100 thieves when uh you know they entered in before the second season so after the 2020 season uh they got in the cdl and um they are the la thieves so you know they have to have new lo different logos i guess and right and technically they have to be tied to a city or a location but um you know we've seen that with those three brands that they're essentially just an extension of uh whatever esports organization that they're tied to i think that it was an idea that you know i i respected it i wanted to see how it would work i wanted to see what brands these organizations would create but uh it's also it's also just not that important um uh, to be honest with you like i think it's more important that fans of optic and fans of phase and 100 thieves that they support those cdl teams and if 
you have to bend your rules and you have to say, well, you guys can have pretty much the same branding, the same team name. I think that's that's fine. Like it doesn't really matter at the end of the day about the branding. It's all about getting viewers in there and people to support your your franchises, regardless of what the team name is. Mm-hmm. And uh, Preston, my last question: There is a new Call of Duty game coming out this year uh, with Modern Warfare, um, and it's going to be a remake of a past uh, Call of Duty game. Do you feel that this will help revitalize or bring? maybe new energy to call of duty league it's possible uh it depends on what the developers have in mind for competitive features uh there are rumors that there's going to be a map editor in modern warfare 2 Mm -hmm. and uh that would be uh, a really good thing especially with how much uh you know competitive call of duty is based on uh how good the maps are how big the maps are uh where the spawn points are uh where certain points in control hard point search and destroy if you can move uh, bomb sites and in different control points and everything i think that's really important and if a map editor is in place for modern warfare 2 that's a, a major addition to the competitive scene it's also uh it depends on how the league is structured with the report that there isn't going to be a an annual call of duty release in 2023 this game modern warfare 2 will have probably have to be played for two consecutive years which has never been done in call of duty esports um obviously call of duty is a, an annual game so um we've got uh we've always had to switch every october or november it, if that game is bad it's going to be a really big blow especially with how long the teams probably have to play it um i know the cdl's talked about having uh the cdl season pushed up um so it usually starts in january or february so that's usually like three or four months after the call of duty game releases and that's way too long because people kind of get disinterested and they don't really focus on the game, and by an extension, they don't focus on the CDL. So if the CDL can push it up, maybe even have the launch weekend for the next CDL season around, uh, you know, the the launch weekend of Modern Warfare 2, I think that would be an incredible asset to the league. Um, Let's just see if they do it. Hmm. And with that, Preston, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Yep, thank you for having me. And that was FTW with Mod Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and share. To follow Preston and keep up to date on Call of Duty League, you can find him at Press Buyers on Twitter. That's P R E S B Y E R S. To follow me and my work over at CNET, you can find me at Imod on Twitter. FTW is looking for a new producer. If you're interested, send me a DM on Twitter. And with that, we'll catch you guys next week.